welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, hey, thanks for joining us today. We've got a delightful episode for you. Um, I'm just going to dive right into it. I think I had something to say, but I can't think of it. And I'm very excited for you to get to this episode uh, for a couple of reasons. First is my guest, my main guest, uh, who I talked to for uh, a little more than an hour today, is Trish Raynone. Uh She is an actor. Uh, she's got a lot of credits uh, to her name, not only acting, but producing, writing, directing. <clears throat> uh, you can check out her IMDb. Uh, you can check her out on Pink is In, which is on Prime Video. Um, my roommate's an escort that you can find on YouTube uh, or Sika TV, I believe. Um, and uh, a bunch of other things. Uh, her IMDb page is in the credits. She's also a delightful person to talk to. Uh, we, we both were guests on a podcast. This comes up in the, um, uh, in the episode. Uh, we were both guests on a, a now no longer running podcast. Uh, it was called Jordan Mode when I was on it. Then he changed it to Banana Mode. And then he stopped putting out episodes like shortly after he had the two of us on his podcast. So um, he is doing man on the street stuff uh, and very funny. You can follow him on on uh, Instagram, <clears throat> maybe YouTube. Um, I, I know he has a YouTube because I know I've seen video of myself on his show on there. Uh, so, so you can check that out if you are so inclined. Um, but Trish and I talk a lot about acting, uh, auditioning. Um, we talk about, you know, me living in Florida, her living in Canada, the different, uh, weather and animals. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what I didn't talk to her about? I'll, I'll have to get back with her. We, we're going to have to compare. I've heard moose are pretty vicious and I, I'd like to know whether a moose or an alligator is more of a scary, uh, creature uh, to encounter. Um, there's a, that's a, that's a thought provoker. Uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I enjoy this episode. Give her a follow on Instagram, check out her stuff. She's very, uh, very funny, uh, in everything I've seen her in. She's, uh, very talented, uh, at acting and, uh, I can't wait to see more from her. Um, looking here real quick for my ad reads. I'm going to have a new one possibly as soon as next episode that I am super excited for. Uh, just finalizing that thing. Um, literally, uh, right after I finish recording this. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, you know, one thing you can do while you stay tuned is have a drink. Uh, and you know, a great place to get beverages, is Flaviar. Uh, Flaviar is the club you'll be telling all your friends about. Taste exciting craft and premium spirits. Access exclusive drinks and learn the ways of a true whiskey aficionado. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself with a ho personal home bar from the best of bourbon, scotch, rum, gin, or tequila, and heaps of stories to tell. Use the link in the show notes below. So you can get a deal for being a listener of the Jeff Macalino podcast. Just remember to use the link below and go check out Flaviar. Get your drink on, man. Or 
woman or whatever you identify as. Um, also excited in this episode, I, uh, you know, a segment that uh, I admittedly do not do enough of is the Urban Dictionary segment. And I put a twist on this based on uh, my daughter, Isabella, who introduces the segment. She and I were going back and forth hilariously uh, messaging each other a, a couple weeks ago. Um, she was trying to stump me with the, you know, the cool kid lingo that they say nowadays. And um, she she did make a point. She's like, well, most of my friend's parents are like 50. You're you're young compared to them, um, which is true. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little more hip to the lingo. Um, the only embarrassing thing about the segment. So I do a live segment with her. Um, obviously it's recorded when you listen to it, but, uh, she has a list of words and phrases that, you know, kids her age use. She, uh, when she'll turn 13 the week this episode is out. Um, so she basically quizzes me, uh, to see whether I know what words mean. And my only regret is I say kids these days at least two or three times. And I I do sound like I'm an old man. Um, but it's a fun segment. I, uh, I popped that in after uh, the interview with Trish um, because I didn't want to break up that interview, frankly. Usually I put it in the middle. But uh, I, I felt like the conversation was so natural and flowed that... Uh, there really isn't a lot of times in an interview, there's an awkward pause or, you know, transition. And uh, that's a great place to dump an ad or to, to dump an urban dictionary segment. Uh, I personally didn't feel there was one, um, which means Trish is very interesting uh, or that I interrupted her a lot, which I probably did. I, I had been drinking because I, I think I did this after I recorded an episode of The Man's Show Live, um, which if you haven't subscribed check it out. Um, check out some of the backlog episodes. You can see my um, inability to do STEM activities meant for children uh, eight and under. Uh, and you can see some of my cooking prowess and a lot of me burning myself and spilling. I, I don't know. I swear I'm not doing it on purpose. I spill stuff on my lap almost every episode. Um, I don't know. My, my lap's just a, a, a vacuum, a magnet for a hot liquid, apparently. <laughs> that sounds so gross. All right. Let's go on. Let's let's let these lovely ladies get some some time and me stop talking about this. So enjoy me and Trish Rainone and then me and uh, my lovely daughter, Isabella. And then uh, I'll see you on the flip side. All right, everybody, I'm very pleased to welcome Trish Ray None to the Jeff McAlino podcast. How are you, Hello? Trish? <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me here. Yes, I'm very uh, excited to talk to you because I, I haven't talked to enough actors recently. <laughs> and I, I, it's like a, a late turn in my life. I'm like, well, now I just want to act all the time. And it's like, well... It's fun talking to molecular biologists, but, you know, at the same time, it's like you, you can't relate. Yeah, I heard on your podcast that you're also an actor. And I know once you get the bug, it's hard to do anything else. Or when you do other things, um, there's always that drawback to the acting world. And it's always nice to connect with other actors because then you find out a bit about their process and 
some things for you kind of click because it definitely is a choose your own adventure novel. Yeah, it, it's a weird world. <laughs> yeah. Bec <laughs> because you, again, may maybe, I, I know you've been at this much longer than me, but I'm like interacting with the world. I'm like, huh, which character should I play today? It's like, or it could just be me. It's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> there is, uh, that does kind of come into hand in handy once you've, once you've been acting. There are certain things you go about in your daily life where you think, I really don't want to do this. Okay, so I'll play this character all day because I'm not in the mood for this, but I can play a character who is. So yeah, it is a bit of an interesting mindset to go out into the world as a different person some days. Yeah, and I, I definitely want to talk about you and how you got started and, and all that stuff, but I'm going to jump off of this because I don't want to forget it because I was trying to explain this to multiple people in my life over the past couple months. Um, you know the process, especially nowadays after COVID, everything's a video audition. Yeah. And you get the sides and, you know, you you have sometimes two weeks to do it and sometimes, you know, 24 hours to do it, um, which, by the way, I've got my own little gripe about that like oh, i'm supposed to become a serial killer in less than 12 hours okay that's gonna be easy to do um but it, it, the the part again you're you're much more experienced so i'm kind of looking for guidance here um as uh, experience as an actor of course i mean not <laughs> not you're not not she's not older than me she might be but she doesn't look older than me for the listeners uh, um but you you get these parts and you try to i'm not a method actor but you try to think of all their motivations you try to think of and this is an audition and i've been told by most actors you're like success rate on auditions is going to be around five percent yeah that sounds about right yeah, I'm 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 luckily for me, I'm closer to 50% at the moment, but I've got not many acting credits to my name. So awesome. <laughs> um but it's it's you you <coughs> you pour so much into this audition, you figure out this character, you you're practicing the voice in the shower. Yeah. If you're like me, I you know, but <laughs> you're practicing this character, how you're going to deliver it and all these things. You're you're creating all these idiosyncrasies this character has. And then you immediately, the one thing I've been told by every actor is once you finish an audition, delete that whole thing from you because you're probably not going to get it and you better forget about it or you're going to be heartbroken. It's <laughs> I, I can see that you're having a reaction to what I'm saying. <laughs> I struggle with this. So... I did an audition two weeks ago for a really big show and I started watching it. I've been binge watching it. And I know everyone listening is probably a fan of this show. It's a big one. And it was for a recurring role. And um, there were just so many similarities to me and my region and where I'm from. And uh, oh, I wanted that one. So I'm like, this is the perfect role for me. <laughs> so it's been hard. So I had two weeks to submit it, which is like you said, it could be 24 hours or two weeks. So this was a huge deadline, but I was so excited about it that I was like, I just have to get this in right away. So I got it in the next morning after I 
had received the sides. It was a few pages. And I sent it off. And then I spent the whole two weeks. It was actually due today. And I've spent the whole last two weeks thinking about it. It's haunted me in my sleep. I thought <laughs> like, I had a dream that I got it. And then I had a dream I was working on the show. And I've just been thinking about it so much and overanalyzing it. And I've also binged the entire series um, since then. And normally you would binge the show first, but I just wanted to get it done. And then I binged it. So now I'm like, ah, oh, I could have done this also if I had watched all the episodes before doing it. Why did I get so excited? But as a producer, um, for example, I was one of the producers on a Christmas movie called A Christmas Letter. And we had 30 some cast members, including Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyways. It's oh, wow. Really yeah, some really great talent. So we had so many submissions for that film. And when the casting director got the got the auditions on her end, she would upload them to another platform that we could log into as producers and the director could also log into, and then we could leave notes. So if I had worked with someone previously, I would give a note about, you know, them being a nice person on set, things like that, that might, I don't know, that I could just add to it or love this audition. So you could write things like that under the auditions. And for some of the roles, the first person who got the tape in out of the hundred people that submitted for that role um, were chosen because the director liked them. And then I think, and the producers. And then I think after that, once you like someone, when further tapes come in, you think, well, I already have who I like for that. So then some of those tapes got pushed over to the next role that they could, those actors could maybe um, fill. So I learned from being a producer to get your tape in right away, because if they love you, they might not even want to bother looking for someone else because they're like, we already have our person. Um, but from an actor point of view, looking back, I probably should binge the show, take the time, get to know the character and then get the tape in. But for this previous, for this one I just did, I was uh, too excited. Got it in right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing. I feel like I'm I, so again in my much less experience with auditioning. I'm like I'm gonna wait until the day before it's due to record it because I want to just take. And again, when it's like. You uh you you submit on Saturday. It's like oh, have it to me by Monday morning, and it's like, but I've I I'm actually sick. I can't even talk right now. I just was I, I assumed I've had more than a day to get to get healthy and record this. Um, yeah, and that such a quick turnaround. That was for a role where I was supposed to like be abusing a hooker, and it was like, whew, this is gonna take a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dark. You know? Yeah, yeah, to have a, a less than 48 hour turnaround. That's a yeah, that's yeah, that requires some studying and you know, breaking down the character and wondering why, like how what led to this moment in this person's life to it's life. Right. And that's so so that's one thing. I'm like, I, I think I probably used to be one of the people who was like acting, all right. Yeah, it's hard work, but I'm like, 
it it actually is yeah a good actor makes it look so effortless so i think a lot of people think they hey i could do that so you kind of think that maybe it's if someone's winning you know if an actor is winning a lot of awards you think like what's the big deal i could do that but then it's yeah i guess when you try it yourself you realize okay it's kind of difficult to sound natural and to embody this character with their motivations and learn these you know the words they're saying that's something that's written on a page and it's um you're filling in all of the you're bringing it to life so i guess i don't know in a way i say it's the easiest job that i've ever done on a set because i've worn multiple hats um but i think that's just because i find it the most fun and the most motivating so easy to me means like it's just it's easier for me to sit down with a script as an actor than as like a director trying to figure out how to shoot the thing. But um, I don't know, I find it, but it's not really, yeah, I guess it's not easy. There's a lot of pieces and um, studying and time that has to go into the preparation, but it's fun. It's it, like- Yeah, you get to cool. pretend, you get to play. Yeah. Yeah, and you get to dress up in a costume and people do your hair and makeup. And there's nothing like connecting with another actor. I always feel like after you leave set, having done a scene with someone, you just lock eyes and you connect with this energy that's in the room at a concert or at a local theater play. That kind of like magical energy that's in the air when people perform or at a big sporting game. Um, that's kind of the energy I think you feel with another actor when you really connect in a scene. And then when you leave set, you just have this, you know, it's like the opposite of leaving a job where you feel drained. There's this like energy that you leave with and kind of a connection you've had with, with another human. So it's, it's addictive. Yeah. With, uh, uh my, all my acting expertise, uh, starring in one feature film, I was a lead in this film. Hey, that's a big deal. No, and and my uh, my big thing with that was it was a comedy, and I was playing a character who's nothing like me. Um, but uh, my my two things that I did, it, I had a southern accent. I don't do accents very well at all. Um, <laughs> so I listened to country music on my way driving to set. That mm -hmm. was, and I don't like country music, so oh. I listened to country music on my way to set. And then my goal in almost every scene was like, I, I was uh, one of the uh, production assistants said to me afterwards, she's like, you knew the script better than anyone. You didn't improv much on the words, but physically you improv more than everyone else times seven. Like physically, like, you know, I'd be like, I'm going to scratch my butt and smell my finger. Like, just weird oh, choices. Okay. I'm like, it feels like a thing that the, my character would do. That's so fun that you did all that. Cause I feel like those bring, that brings a character to life in a way that wasn't scripted on the page. And I think that's really fun for, um, you know, for the director and the edit to be like, wow, this funny little moment that wasn't even a scripted joke is going to make people laugh because it's just that extra little, like a butt scratch or something. I think that adds so much to it. Yeah, he he didn't know what I was doing because he was one of the co-stars. So the director, he he emailed me recently. He's like, 
I'm doing the editing and man, this is amazing what you did your first time. I'm like, yeah. Uh, but it, it my my part of my goal was like, I know this is bad, but I want to break the other characters by making them laugh. I'm like, it's a yeah. comedy. So if I can like like I, I do this and be like, and then I'd slide my hand under my co-star's nose while they're talking, they'd be like <laughs> And it didn't actually smell, but they knew what I was doing. Um, made my made my day. <laughs> <laughs> to to spoil the takes, which you know, maybe I I don't know if that's good or bad. But <laughs> well, you know, comedies are such a um, a fun set to be on for everyone. I think that um, because the yeah because the material is so jovial and and upbeat and fun, it gets but just I, I always. Feel like the crew has the most fun on a comedy because it gets the crew laughing and they're working so hard their days are really, really long and they're doing you know some of them are doing a lot of lifting and a lot of physical work so i think it's um it's a nice relief for everyone on set to have some have some laughter and it's always you always know it's a good take when at the end when the of the scene when the director yells cut everyone in the room just was like holding it in and shaking and they all just burst out laughing I've I've got I've got so much respect for the the crew because the actors can break and you can keep filming like it's like all right maybe they'd laugh yeah, and it's an error. Go back to, you pause, go back to the previous line and keep going, and yeah, you don't always have to. The guy holding the boom though, <laughs> you you see him start to shake and he's just holding it in. It's like that's so much harder than what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, the boom, whoever's doing boom it's uh yeah that's a physical job for sure I so do it. speaking of comedies um and now i i haven't watched your whole catalog but that seems to be um a strong suit of yours as far as acting and writing and producing and everything you you do the whole thing um the easiest thing to binge i think one of the easiest things I've ever binged is my roommate is an escort, um, which I think you obviously you start in. You're not the escort, by the way, a spoiler alert for the for the listener. Um, but the I believe you create co-created and wrote it also. I mean, you this that that is. I was going to say, I don't want to spoil it, but I don't think I'm spoiling it. Just some of the little things in that are so hilarious to me. The, the, the whole tattoo thing where oh yeah, <laughs> that just, uh, I'm just like, this guy's just getting a never ending tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm dying watching this. Oh uh, yeah. That so Katie and I, um, who played the two roommates in it, we also, uh, co-wrote it, co-created, co-produced, and um, and then she directed as well. And um, we had, so first season, the one that's on YouTube, both seasons are on Sika TV. Um, we had a tattoo shop come on board as a sponsor. So what was originally a coffee shop scene at the end of every episode, um, where I go and I speak to my friend Sam about just the unraveling of my life. Um, once we got Adrenaline Tattoo on board as a sponsor for season one, they said, come and shoot. 
the, in the shop. And then that added such a nice, another dynamic to the, I think that ended up being so much more original than, and just fun than the typical coffee shop, because we do that in a lot of productions, we have coffee shops. So that was fun. And yeah, the tattoo reveal was, uh, that was, yeah, that was a fun scene. Yeah, and and you're also uh, is is there going to be another season of Pink is in? So Pink is in has there's three mini seasons. Um, there's a season coming out in sometime this spring. So that's season three. Uh, season one and two are on currently on Bell Five TV in Canada, and now. Uh, there's a few episodes as well on Amazon Prime in the U.S. and U.K. So if you can get a chance to support um, that comedy, it's a smaller comedy, but it's been, you know, nominated for quite a few awards and done really well for such a, a small, smaller budget show. It's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of female characters and uh, it's just a great time. So, I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful to be a part of that. I've gotten to be in all the episodes over the past three seasons. Um, and we filmed those from about 2020 to now. So about once a year for the last three years, I've gone and filmed a season in a place called Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah, uh, up, up, up uh, I'm down in Florida. Actually, I you're relatively, I'm not far, right, because I only know this because I listened to a podcast you and I were both on uh, with the banana the banana i knew you were gonna say that yeah the um he's in sarasota i believe or bradenton yes and i'm in st petersburg which is like oh no way just north of there so i was like i i'm like wait how did i not know he was in there bradenton sarasota area when i was on his podcast (laughs) and my dad is in bradenton uh currently because he has a place down there so i haven't gone since i don't know before covid um but once in a while we've done christmas there or um just winter vacations because it gets really cold here i'm in a place called the sioux so if anyone watches say shorzy um the spinoff of letter kenny or the i guess it's called the spinoff of uh by the same creator you know they reference sudbury sioux saint marie um that's where where I am. So it's, it's, uh, I guess you would, or are there any other shows set here? I think that's, yeah. So I don't know if you've watched those, you would see kind of the cold and hockey culture. And that's what I'm right in the middle of. And it's, it's great when you're outside snowshoeing or skiing or at a bonfire, but like the day to day heaps of snow and everything can get a little, uh, draining. So we like to go to hot hot locations and yes yeah and and ironically the place where i am uh where it's in the 80s in february um we have the the best hockey team so (laughs) oh yeah well there you go isn't that ironic it is kind of weird it's like what how did they get to be so well i guess because players get drafted from all over the world Yes. Yeah, we got we got three prominent Russian players, but I think they they I think they like the warm weather like and the no state income tax. Actually, like it's like we'll pay you less, but you'll actually make more. Yeah, I think that's I I think that's a secret. Yeah, (laughs) 
Although I have to say when I bike around, um, so where my dad is, there's like all these little ponds in the neighborhood and there's even, so he has a pool in the backyard and then there's like a net over the pool because there's one of those like net domes over the entire backyard pool area because, and I've never gone into the backyard grass area because there's a swamp right there that kind of connects all the backyards and I'm terrified of crocodiles, alligators. Oh yeah, there's alligators and for sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going beyond the net. And also I know the net is there to prevent them from coming in the swimming pool. So when I bike around the area and I see more ponds, I always have this flash, like this, like not a premonition because I don't want it to happen, but this like horrible image of myself, like running away from an alligator that's chasing me down the street. If you're on a bicycle, you should be fine. But what if I got a flat tire? <laughs> um, then I run. Try to try to get the bite the alligator to bite the bicycle would be. And then, <laughs> and then once it's chewing on that, it's it, alligators are very stupid animals. Like <laughs> they're dinosaurs. Like you know. Okay. Something close to I it. I don't. I don't know the science, but. Yeah, apparently birds are too. Birds are. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, we've got a lot of birds in Florida too. Yeah. Yeah, some some are violent. We've got some violent. We've got some violent animals. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that kind of scares me. But I guess they're anywhere. That's true. Well, it's like weather. It's like people are like, oh, I don't want the hurricanes that you guys have in Florida. It's like, yeah, but you got tornadoes or snowstorms, blizzards. Yeah, it's like something. Yeah, always... storms here are bad and we drive in that. And we're like, it's like an ice rink out there some nights and you can't see anything in front of you. And I'm like, I'm going off to my theater rehearsal, spinning, just trying not to spin around the road in circles. And it's, yeah, it's not that safe. So. That that's that seems so ice scares me more than anything else as far as yeah. driving it's like i can't right. imagine just being like yep just go with it you yeah. can't control it just go it's <laughs> scary because sometimes you put on a brake and if you're not like easing into the stop so you have to like really drive slow and then ease into your stop but if you just have to slam on your brake it makes it like kind of hydroplane and then just like really slide i remember learning that as a teenager because in the winter, I would just do the same thing I did in the summer, my first year of driving. And I remember kind of going maybe fast for, I don't know, faster than I drive now and just stopping at a stop sign, but it actually making me just slide right through the stop sign. And, you know, I got into an accident and then, you know, kind of learned the hard way. But yeah, it's definitely, there's a, there's an art to it. Mainly you just have to drive really slow yeah yeah it yeah it scares me <laughs> yeah. and i go outside some days and i have feet of like five feet of snow on my vehicle so you get outside you're on your way to work you're brushing off the snow your arms are sore you're wet now because you're covered in snow and then it melts when you get to work and then you're wet all day it's really not that great <laughs> No, and I'm realizing how much of a stupid Floridian I am because I was in a wedding in Buffalo uh, like five, six years ago, something like that. And I went up there and I'm like, 
do you guys have Uber yet? Because I'm not renting a car because I won't drive. And he's like, why not? I'm like, ice? He's like, it's July. I'm like, I don't know what your weather's like. I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna make assumptions. I'm not driving. I'm not driving. I'm also gonna be drunk when I arrive until I leave. So yeah, when the, the... you're drinking on a vacation, you definitely don't want to deal with having a vehicle there and leaving it somewhere and losing the rental vehicle because you've left it to take a cab. Just forego the vehicle, just take the cabs. Yes. Yeah. That that's my advice. I, I just want to get rich enough I never have to drive a car again. I'm a good driver actually but it's like i don't want the hassle i just like to be like car car come get me <laughs> yeah probably not gonna get there from acting uh, <laughs> yeah word of advice <laughs> you be rich acting might not be the, um yeah there's a very small percentage of people i think that become very wealthy from acting yes yeah um so Trish, how did, uh, what kind of got you started? What kind of. Oh, actually, if anyone knows who the trailer park boys are, they came to yes. my hometown. Yeah. So they came here to my hometown and I had just moved back from a place called Ottawa, Ontario. I was working for the school board and I was in a relationship that like a long-term relationship that was ending. And I kept thinking, I just want to work in movies. And I tried to get involved in Ottawa. And I, now there's a lot of films that film there but at the time there wasn't so I heard some movies were coming up here and that was a new thing for this area so I moved back and immediately started submitting to any movie that was coming to town so my first audition um in Sault Ste. Marie was for a trailer park boy movie and it was for a character with a couple of lines and it's funny like you said with the uh southern accent I don't know why but I assumed my character would be like a girl from Texas, which made no <laughs> sense. <laughs> so I was like, um, what are there? What's uh bubbles? Mike, Mike. So it was like, I'm like, Mike, Mike, someone like shoved something up someone's butt, like some the whiskey bottle up someone's butt. And that was the, cause they played themselves in the movie. So bubbles was not bubbles, bubbles or Mike was Mike in the movie. So I had some line about someone shoving a whiskey bottle up their butt. And um, so I kind of like, the director asked me to lose my shoe to kind of give me more of that drunk walk. And I just had no idea what I was doing. It was, I hadn't done acting classes yet. It was all new to me other than like high school drama class. Um, so I auditioned. And then they said, I actually told a girl I worked with at a coffee shop, I said, you should go out to audition for this too. And she booked that role. And then <laughs> <laughs> lesson number one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you get an audition, don't tell all, all your hot friends to go audition for that same part. Um, <laughs> so then they said, uh, you didn't get the role, but they want you to be a Toronto sun girl. So in Toronto, we have these sunshine girls and they're like the pinup girls who are kind of like playboy bunnies of Canada, the Toronto sun sunshine girls. So there are, there's always some like spread of a, I mean, there's a spread of photos, not a spread, but sometimes also legs spread, but there's like sexy photos of <laughs> ladies and whatnot in, yeah, so there's sexy people 
in the newspaper and we were playing those girls. So we were like these Toronto Sun girls in a bar and um, the trailer park boys are there and they say something about like, they someone signs someone's penis in the scene and we're all kind of like, oh. And Mike said something about balsamic vinegar and he was playing with some tongs, but I think that was just bubbles. I think that was between the takes. I don't think that was in the scene. But anyways, after that, I was hooked. I was like, this is where I need to be all the time. And then I moved to Toronto after that, because that's where um, all the filming in Canada, besides Montreal and Vancouver, seems to be happening. Uh, so I moved there and I signed up for acting classes, improv classes, got an agent and uh, yeah, did that for the last 10 years. And it's it, it seems to have worked out. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it feels like it is, but then other times, because I know all the auditions I've done and how close I've maybe come to like a Hallmark movie or uh uh, you know, or I know that I've auditioned for multiple episodes of Working Moms and didn't book it or whatever shows. Like there's so many, you kind of get to a point where you're auditioning for the mainstream shows that you might be a fan of. And you're like, I would love to be on that show. That's such a good show. I'm so into the story. And then when you're invested like that, because you're already a fan of the show and then you don't book it, then you kind of like beat yourself up over that. Or you just try to forget. Some of them you do forget about, but I think when you're a fan of the show and really like the story and the characters um, and the character you audition for, it's harder to uh, just let it go. And then yeah. I think you also, um, yeah, you don't see that as, you can see your failures more than anyone else can see them. <laughs> or they're not really failures, but I mean, you just see all the things that you maybe came close to, or you maybe got a callback for, or you maybe did, like I did a horrible audition once for Schitt's Creek, and I know it was horrible, and they never saw me for another audition after that. And that can eat at you too. You're like, wow, I had this great opportunity. <laughs> I really shat the bed on that one. It was a bad day. I was going through a lot, and I don't think, and, yeah, and then also um, I let someone else send the tape and they sent my worst tape and it was it was just a whole thing. But, um, yeah. Well, it's a, it's... <laughs> I'm blabbing. No, no, no. It, it's just an industry where it's like, I'm going to fail the vast majority of the times Yes. I go. And, uh, like, I, I'm a guy who, in my personal life, it's like, why didn't you go talk to that girl? I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't deal with rejection well. It's like, so acting's obviously the field that I'm into. <laughs> it does affect your psyche. I feel like some weeks you feel on top of the world, and then other weeks you're like, wah wah wah. I don't like my own face and voice because you watch it back so much and these editing yourself tapes. So you can, yeah, you kind of have to go between this like. I know I'm prepared for this. I know I'm meant for this role. They would be lucky to have me. They're going to cast me. I'm going to book something. I'm, you know, like you go between that and pumping yourself up and saying, I do deserve this. I have put in the work. 
I can do this. I want to do this. And I can't wait to do this and bring this to the table. And then you also go between that and then also saying like, why am I doing this? Like I could be doing anything else. Who am I to think I can do this? Like I probably suck. They're probably watching my tape and thinking that person is gross <laughs> and you beat yourself up. So it's like these two completely opposing views of yourself. And then your real self lies somewhere in the middle without all that ego going back and forth, telling you, you suck or you're great. And just somewhere in between that you just exist. And when you can, like you said, not think about the tape once you do it, just send your self tape and not keep thinking about it. When you can do that, that is the best place to be in. And when you can be grateful for the things you do have, not the things that haven't been a yes, but you have to look at the things that you have done and how far you've come since last year or the year before or last week. I think that's a good headspace to be in, but it definitely re requires a lot of conscious effort to stay in that healthier mindset. Yeah, it, it's a, yeah, it's, it, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, me still in my, you know, fledgling new stage of, of starting, be interested to see how mentally uh, sane I stay. The, the, the thing I loved most. So I, the, the feature that I was, that I'm a lead in, um, I don't know how, but I just was searching the internet, like using my excellent sleuth skills. And I found this audition that was not meant to be public. And I auditioned two months before they were ready. Oh, and wow. they, I, I, I emailed him. He said, go ahead, send me your audition. He responded. He's like, Hey, here's a couple notes. Do it again. Um, this okay. was great, but do it again with this emphasis and even so this was based on a play so he even sent me a couple clips from the play and i'm like wow. now i got it i i wasn't sure before now i got it I and uh, gives you a chance to retweak something based on knowledge they have that you don't have that can help you bring it to the next level or just slip more into that character yeah and he even said on the last day of shooting they were like how many people auditioned for this that the other and he's like well, Jeff was the first person to audition, and everyone who auditions, I intentionally send some direction to see if they take yeah. advice, mm -hmm. like, and can change. And you were what we were looking for, and I'm like, I thought it was terrible. But they, <laughs> at the rap party, the guy who played my character in the play was like, I saw your audition. I I've seen some some oh. of the stuff, some of the dailies. He's like, what acting method do you use? I'm like. The pretend I'm someone else while the camera's rolling method. I feel like that worked. <laughs> I don't know if that went over well. <laughs> you know what? That's awesome because everyone has their method. Some people go to a certain school and they study this acting legends method or this method or, or literally method acting, which is, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So there's so many different ways to get there but at the end of the day if you can if you get there what your method is is you know it's your own yeah the uh the jeff method yeah well it was it was again like one thing i was worried about going in uh, with a southern accent i'm like am i gonna need to just live with a southern accent for a while <laughs> i don't i don't prefer that <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but I'm like, all right, if that's what I need to do. But literally, it was like cut, and I'd be like, all right, I'm out of the southern accent. Yeah. Then when we're rolling again, I'll go back into it. Yeah, slipping in and out of the characters. Yeah, um, it did was you find after you wrapped the entire show completely that sometimes you felt like a bit of that character was still with you, like just like a little like ten percent of that character stays with you. Yes. Um. So, so, so one thing that happened quite a bit is like, if I would go out like the night before we were shooting, which is not advisable to most people, but I'm a, I'm a liver machine, uh, processing alcohol. I would, I would slip when I had a few drinks in me, I would slip into a Southern accent and I'd, just be the character and um that actually i think was very helpful because i'm just like this is a stupid character like you know and i also watched eastbound and down and everyone compares me to danny mcbride when my hat's off because my hair is curly and uh character's name again Sun, no, not Sunny. Kenny Powers. Kenny, Kenny Powers. Yeah, my my first day on set, the uh, cinematographer's like, Eastbound and Down, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. And I'm like, Jeff. He's like, oh, you knew I was talking to you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. <laughs> I was Kenny Powers for Halloween, like, the year before I booked this role, too, by the way. Because my hair is just curly and, and crazy and... You know, I got I I I've got the general aesthetics. Um, you know, chubby. All all those bad I don't I don't have the southern accent, but I'm like, all right, you know. So so all of it I'm like, I kind of just was like I'd go out and drink and be like, Yep, I'm this character now and I'm just gonna ride with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it, on... it helped. Muscle memory, right? Yes, the muscle memory. It's true. I actually had once had an acting coach who told us, don't ever say the script out loud before you go into an audition because you want it to be so fresh that when you say the lines, it's the first time coming out of your mouth, they're not pre-planned. And I get where, where he was going with that. But I think things, different things work for different people. So when I tried to put that into place, the next audition I went to, I hadn't said it out loud at all. I'd only read the script over and over and over but then I didn't know if I had it memorized because I had never read it out loud with someone else to test myself to see if I really had it so then when I went to say it it's like I didn't know how to say it my own voice shocked me then I was trying to think of the lines and then I realized I didn't have the lines memorized so um yeah that wasn't a good method for me that one did not work for me it's a it's a weird um one thing not just in the movie but in everything i've done it's like i i know you need to know the other characters lines Mm -hmm. right so you know when to when your line is but it's like i actually prefer not to know their lines so that i can actually react in real time to it oh interesting and it's like their own ways yeah, and I I do think it's great, except for that I don't know when my life is. Oh yeah, because you need to uh, know the cue, the cue of there. Like usually there's something. I did a play once where it was a two hander. There were two of us, 
and the other character or actor got their lines down and it was dialogue heavy because it was just the two of us talking for two hours the other character Oof. got their lines down a lot faster than I did and I thought like I said to the director I'm like I'm so sorry that I don't have all the lines like they're not sticking it's a lot and I'm, I'm just I'm sorry if I'm falling behind and she said your lines cue his lines so it makes sense that you don't know yours yet because yours are all the starter lines so I was like starting off the conversation and then I would say it's cold today and he would say yeah but it's not that cold so it was kind of like something in my line it's cold today cued his reaction of yeah but it's not that cold so it also depends on which character you are because sometimes right. you're the one initiating all the conversation and that's kind of harder to remember but when you usually in a scene there's like cue lines from another character that yeah that you get as uh and that's why i like knowing their line because i'm like oh yeah and then i circle like what the cue line is that makes me remember my uh response to that line yeah it's uh it is interesting that and that's one of the the um when when i was on set with the movie we were talking about our memorization methods and it was like one of them's talking about reading with people i'm like i i can't I can't do a scene with four people and then read with one person who reads all the lines. Cause then uh, I don't know who I'm queuing off of. It's just one person. I'm like, so it doesn't work for me. I'm like, so I need, I, I don't, I don't have enough friends that I'm going to get three people to read with me. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> so it's like, I, and then like when someone had a monologue like this in the script, I'm like, I just want to know the last line. Because I want to be able to sit here and honestly hear what this guy's saying, and then know when it's finished, and well, and react, but then just know the cue. But the problem is, a couple times in the script is like his closing line was also in the middle of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'd just jump in and be like, "I'm in the middle of this." I'm like, "Oh, damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> I just knew when I knew. You know what I'm saying? I knew I was supposed to jump in. Didn't realize that was also in the middle of the script because I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I find for self-tape auditions as well, sometimes there's like four or five characters in the scene and I just have the one reader in the room reading off all the different lines and he'll usually sit like off in that corner with his laptop and then I'm actually doing my tape where I am standing right now and I'm staring at these imaginary people that are in the room in yes. front of me. Okay, okay, an eyeline for that character, an eyeline for that character, an eyeline for that character, back neutral, kind of this eyeline for all of them, and I look back and forth at them, but I'm looking at no one in the room. There's no, and he just, he likes to sit, so he sits off in that corner, and I'm like pretending I'm looking at <laughs> these people who are not there. And actually, my last audition, I was like, should really be sticking because I've seen some coaches do this. If you pay to go and do a self tape with them, they'll stick like a printed out face mm -hmm. for various characters to be for your eyeline, and that's actually pretty helpful. So maybe I should do that. That's so. Um, my twelve year old daughter uh, has done a lot of the readings with me. Not when I was playing the guy who was beating up a hooker. Oh yes. My dad had to do that one, which was maybe arguably more awkward, but well, couldn't be more awkward than my daughter. But um, my daughter was doing one where I was sitting at a kitchen table. This was actually a, a thing I booked. Mm -hmm. And 
um, the few people I showed it to. So I had her hold up with my lines. She held up my lines on a paper. Okay. So it gave me a, not because I needed the lines, although kind of, I need, you know, needed the lines, but, but mainly to give me an eye level. So like we tested, I'm like, just hold it hold, higher, higher, higher. Hold on. I'm going to record. Nope. Lower two inches. And then I memorized the line. She said over on this side of the table, cause I'm talking to two sides and I, um, I put a post-it note or something to target on the wall. So I, okay. I read this line over here and then I turned and obviously it's the same voice that she's reading over yeah. here, but the microphone doesn't know where she is. And yeah. uh, the few people I showed it to were like, did she run across the table? I'm like, no, that's my acting. You thought yeah. I was, <laughs> you thought I, you heard it two different places. Cause my acting was good. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, that's, you know, when you're watching TV, some of your favorite TV shows, there are times when it's so when you have an actor's more you know they're close up or their coverage as we call it and this is for the people listening who haven't been on a set there are times when that actor when they're doing their coverage they're close up maybe the other actor has gone home so it's really a script supervisor or someone on set reading the lines and you might and they might say okay look over at that light switch over there yeah okay wait now look at the tip of the light switch okay, now look at the bottom of the light switch. Now look at the top of the light switch. Now go back to the tip of the light switch. That's what the director will say to you. Where are your eyes right now? And you're like, I'm looking at the tip of the light switch right now. Perfect, the director will say. That's perfect. So your eyeline for this scene is gonna be the tip of the light switch. And then someone else is reading the other actor's lines. And then in the edit, they you know put that actor back in and they their voice back in and they cut between your take where you were really looking at a light switch and that actor that it looks like you're looking at and they weren't even on set. So it's, yes. uh, yeah, eyelines. It's so awkward. I don't, I don't think, and again, it's, it's so much fun and it's, it's, um, you know, more than me, of course, but it, it's so much fun and it's, but it's so awkward. Like, <laughs> Even like I, I, a few times they're like, all right, you're done. You, you, you know, and I'm like, I'll, I'll read the lines. Like, would it help if I read the lines? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, but don't look at me. Cause your eye lines. <laughs> oh, and, then yeah, it's like and that can confuse everything more. Cause sometimes you are there to read your lines for the other actor and their coverage, but you're kind of like squished behind the camera. So you're like, kind of hiding in between the camera and the actor and you're like there's crew around you and you're trying to be squished in there without bothering anyone yeah it's like i'm squatted over here don't look here <laughs> yeah and then your eye line isn't where you are isn't their eye line but your voice makes their instinct want to look over at you so if i'm reading for someone but their eye line is actually not where i am i try to like really crouch down and hide my face so that my voice doesn't make them look over at my face and distract. I actually is is this a diva move when so there were several times where I was the only one on camera, mm -hmm. and the other guys were like, ah, we'll, we'll read our lines, and I'm like, pull out your scripts and read them. On, I I don't need 
inflection. I don't need it. I need you to be word perfect because if you're improvising, I'm not going to nail my lines and you guys are not. So put your scripts up, especially if you can cover your face with them, that would even make it better. I'm like, just read off the paper. Do not, do not, I don't need your, your, I don't need your intensity or anything. I can do it. I just need the words right so I can respond. Yeah, for your coverage, because um, <laughs> your coverage, you do need to get your lines right so the editor has your lines. And if someone's improving during your coverage, you're going to miss your cues for your lines. So then your right. lines can, there's no way you can respond the way you're supposed to respond if they're, yeah, if the lines you're being fed aren't the scripted lines. And that's why it can get tough to go into the whole improv. I actually did a movie. It was a Christmas movie. I played uh, one of the female leads. It was a movie about my boyfriend and I go to the cabin uh, for the holidays and we invite my single dad and his single mom. Um, so it's like his mom, my dad, and the two of us out at this cabin for Christmas. And the other actors were such great comedic actors and improv actors that we did so much improv in the film and the director was okay with it. Producer was okay with it. And then a couple of editors quit because they couldn't piece everything together because it was just too much improv. So the movie ended up coming out um, as another director got their hands on it and it became um, a disaster Christmas movie film shoot gone wrong documentary and I guess the DOP had been rolling on us in between takes so they had some footage of us like snowshoeing through the snow and falling over in the snow and all those little moments uh between the takes so because a couple of well, the story I heard was that because it was so hard to piece together with the improv it ended up coming out as a movie about a Christmas movie shoot gone wrong and it was also minus 40 when we were filming that in Jesus in a place in a place near Sudbury Ontario uh Mark Stay Warren I think it was called and it was just outside of Sudbury in the in the woods in January or February and it was minus 40 so that added some humor to the to the I, I can't imagine shooting movie in 40 degrees and i like cold weather for for floridian at least we were really bundled up when we were outside and then for the indoor cabin scenes i was often in like fuzzy pajama pant bottoms and stuff so that was great the one thing was there was no hot water so i had really greasy hair in the film because i couldn't really shampoo my hair because there's no hot water and it just kind of came out like remember it just kind of trickling out of the shower and I like just couldn't get my I couldn't when you're in like and we slept in cabins so when you're freezing overnight and then you wake up and you're like getting a cold and you're Oof. tired after like 14 hour days every day for three weeks you really don't want to step into cold water like I just and yeah so maybe that's a diva moment too but I just remember being like out of the showering because we're like we're too cold to shower and then the producer was awesome and sent us to a hotel uh one weekend to you know rejuvenate ourselves um and the rest of the cast was from the states one of the uh dave debord he's a really funny actor he's from florida and uh mary alice farina is a comedian and, and actress and actor writer in la um she's hilarious 
TikToks and, and Instagram videos. And, um, and Greg Carrere is from New York. So I was the only Canadian actor. So these, I know some places in like New York is cold, but for poor Dave living in Florida and then coming up to Canada in minus 40 and, you know, and he delivered, he's such a good comedic improv actor, but um, yeah, the movie never did come out as, as it had in the original form that we thought it thought it would. <laughs> yeah, that that's now I now I know you've got a lot of, you know, producer, director, writer uh credits as well. But that's that's uh always in the back of my mind too. It's like, what if this never comes out and I spend all this time? Yeah. Well, it happens a lot too, where it comes out but your part's not there. Like there's a movie that just went to Sundance. And I didn't have a big role. I was a news reporter, but I had a paragraph of lines and learned my my best reporter voice. Um, you know, authority, <laughs> believe, um, whatever the lines were, but there was there was good chunks. So I it was still like I got to I auditioned for the role, I booked it, I learned my my lines, I went away and I did the I did the thing. Uh, and it just went to Sundance, but I noticed the director's husband or fiance or boyfriend um or whatnot is went to Sundance with the film and is credited as the the news anchor and there was only one in the script so I'm thinking that maybe once they got back to New York after coming up to Canada to shoot they you know something happened and they thought let's reshoot this with with you instead so I don't know it's I'm still in the credit on IMDb but I assume that I might have been cut so I have not and that would have been my first Sundance film but I have not you know, made any sort of, um, yeah, I think someone locally, like the, the local paper is always curious as to what I'm up to. And he said, uh, I heard you were in that Sundance movie. And I said, well, maybe that's not safe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling I might not be. So. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, that, that's another again i'm i'm obviously uh newer at this than you but like the other thing is like you audition for a role and you don't hear back and then you start going on the imdb page like someone yeah. else get cast someone else get cast yeah and you kind of keep in your head sometimes for one that you really want you remember the date of like when it was going to be shooting so then that date comes and you're like, oh, that's when that shoot would have been. So I definitely didn't get it. And sometimes you just audition two weeks before it shoots. Sometimes they hold auditions really late here in Canada anyways. Um, yeah, down here too. <laughs> yeah, it's always kind of last minute. So sometimes you audition for something and you would be on set shooting the next week. And then that date comes. And especially if you get a call back where they put you on hold, which means it's down to you and maybe one other or maybe two others um you think okay i've like rearranged my life i'm gonna go to montreal and be in this new home alone movie and then you're like okay now it's now it's two days later and that date is here so i guess uh i'm i, I guess it went to someone else and then <laughs> and then you're like here i am again it's always going to someone else so yes. well, my schedule and making assumptions and then not not actually booking it yeah, and it's awful because it's it's it creates again. Maybe this is just me in my beginning stages, but I'm like, I audition for this role, nothing, hear nothing back, and I'm like, all right, well now it's been two weeks, and it was a real small part I was auditioning for. Yeah, 
And first of all, I do think just say sorry we went with someone else would be so nice. It would be so nice. I get though how they would be doing that all day, every day with the hundreds. Of, but when it's maybe a smaller indie produ- production, they don't have right. Just just be like just be like sorry. No, just be like uh, not not this time. Just something like so. I'm not sitting here like did I get this? Maybe maybe. So I'm on IMDb and I'm like, oh, this guy got this role. I don't know who this is, of course. So I click and I'm like, well, he's been in 17 movies that this guy has directed. Why did he even let me audition if he, his buddy who's been in every movie he's done is in this? Like, come on, dickhead. You're a jerk. I had an audition last year and someone I know was like one of the like writers or producers or something on it. And we always kind of see each other at auditions for the same roles. And I'm like, this is her role for sure. She's going to be playing that part. She's like on the team. There's no way she's not playing this part. So I did the 14 page at that time. They could give us 14 pages. And since then our union has, I think done a rule where you can only do eight pages max. So I did the 14 page audition. I sent it and then the show came out and that person was playing that role. And I, I kind of knew knew it when I got the audition with their name on the uh, writing or producing team or both or whatnot. But yeah, you kind of know in those some in some there's always going to be those auditions that you do where they already know who's cast. But especially if it's a union film like a, either SEG or ACTRA, the unions make them still hold auditions, which is kind of. Yeah, then sad for the actor who's really getting their hopes up. And then, but you know what? That's like you said, we have to just throw it away and not think about it because that that can happen. Yeah, yeah. Acting, get into it, people. (laughs) Put your whole heart and soul into this. And then immediately, once you're done, because I had a guy in the podcast in its early stages who was like, Yeah, I've shot about 30 pilots. And one of them took, and uh, then we did four episodes, and I was done. And it was like, what do you do with the other 29? He's like, well, the first few, I had my heart and soul invested in them. After that, it was just like, we did. We shot the pilot. And then when my agent called two months later and said the studio passed, and I said, I don't even remember what you're talking about. <laughs> And I'm oh, like, used to be in when you don't remember, but I hear that happens a lot in LA with all the studios where they do. That's they have this pilot season and mm-hmm. they book pilots, and it could be. And I've seen a couple of my friends' pilots they've been in that are, you know, with stars, with big actors, and and you're like, this is great. They're like, yeah, it never it got canceled. It didn't get picked up. So they shoot. They really, yeah, they shoot the entire entire first episode. And there could be a lot of stars in it, but it just doesn't. For whatever reason. And look, if you watch, I can vouch for this because I've been trying to find a show to watch with my son, Mm -hmm. my 10-year-old son. He's like, just find another Malcolm in the middle. I'm like, they don't grow on trees, boy. So we watch like Home Improvement, According to Jim, uh, a few other shows, Pilots. And he's like, these are all awful. I'm like, every pilot is awful. You just have to deal with the pilot. Say it's got a, it's got its good parts. We're gonna move forward to the next. Yeah. And it's like, uh, but it, but my my ten year old son is like, no, that that this show sucks. I'm like, it went on for nine seasons. It obviously didn't suck. It gets better. Uh, it gets better. He's like, yeah, but nah, I'm not interested. I'm like, 
all right, now you sound like a Hollywood executive. <laughs> like, yeah, this first episode sucks, so we're not going live. Seinfeld took like 20 episodes, not 20, but several, took a long time before Seinfeld took. And who said, there was someone who said, wasn't it Lisa Kudrow? Actually, I don't want to put quotes in people's mouths if I can't remember exactly who it was, but someone had said that Seinfeld was oh or maybe seinfeld said that about their show about friends that because they were placed back to back yeah so someone claimed well your show was successful because you were aired after mine anyways i can't remember. i i think it was seinfeld actually saying that about friends yes <laughs> <laughs> and he, um, he might be right your your placement on the schedule matters that's, true. that's a big spot to be in but you know what they earned that spot i guess i don't know whatever who knows Hollywood. yeah it's beyond beyond our mind uh, uh trish um i've i've one more funny thing to mention to you but before i do that let's okay. let's get to the important part um uh, where can my listeners follow you and uh any new stuff coming out that people should be looking for um so i'm pretty active on uh, Instagram, just at Trish.Rainone, R-A-I-N-O-N-E. Um, and I'm on TikTok, Trish like Stratus. Um, and <laughs> you say Trish like Stratus, or is that what yeah. you say? Trish like Stratus, you know. Actually, often I, when I say my name, people, if I say Trish, they say Chris. And if I say Trisha, they say Michelle. So I just did Trish, like Stratus. Um, like that's that's the name. It's Trish. Um, yeah, so that's on TikTok. <laughs> and then anything new coming out, I guess. Um, kind of a lot of short format comedy um, through 180 Sisterhood, which is a production company that I co-own with Rebecca Heron. So we just did a whole bunch of short. We had um, we turned our office into and uh, space into a cafe set. We shot a bunch of short uh, comedy and various genre um, shorts for for social media. We shoot a little social media show called Psychic Patty, where I play a really questionable psychic. And um, if you, yeah, if you're in the U.S. or U.K. or Canada, check out Pink Is In um, Prison Comedy Series. I play the tough top dog in the episodes, and um, we have more episodes coming coming soon so we appreciate any any views on that um yeah that's kind of what i'm working on right now yeah and and trish i i, I mentioned you know an hour ago or, or something close to it we we both were guests on a, a the same podcast yeah. and i was on i want to say five episodes before you or so oh cool and you were on like the second to last episode and so i went on and he was talking to me about being a successful podcaster and yada 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 uh and 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 i gave him some advice i'm like hey, you you gotta get it on imdb you gotta do this you gotta do that all these things yes and he's like all right i'll take that into consideration and then like a month and a half later he's like i'm done with the podcast and i'm like did I ruin it? And then I listened to your, you were the second to last podcast. <laughs> no way. I can't believe I feel like I'm back. It's like acting. 
I quit all the time and then I come back. Well, so so he he stopped and he's doing now. In fairness, I've I'm I've messaged him before I listened to your episode, and I'm like, he's doing man on the street stuff. He's walking around in a oh, banana costume that. and interviewing people on the beach and all that. Oh, and I'm like, I love what you're doing. And and in your episode, you're like, I think you should do, you know, man on the street stuff. I think you should go interview people in your banana costume. I did say that. So am I responsible for ruining his Well, I thought I was, but then I listened to your episode. I'm like, maybe she is. Maybe it was both of us. <laughs> so the two of us are responsible for the banana podcast ending. I loved being interviewed by banana. It was so fun to just be sarcastic and act as if, I was really being interviewed by a banana the whole time. It was a really yes, fun it was fun, and he he tried to make me so uncomfortable, and I made him uncomfortable because he'd be like, "Do you find Asian people funny?" I'm like, "Why would I find Asian people funny?" What? Like, what's funny about Asian people? Well, if I we'll have to get together and hang out. And I think he should still get that. If you're listening, get that on IMDb still. You're on the street interviews as a banana because that's. A oh, yes. Show. That's a great show. Yeah. Look, I've I you've got an IMDb credit for being on this podcast or you, you will in a week. So yes. see it. They had up. I'm saying <laughs> I'm not washed up, everybody. She's got a Jeff Macalino podcast credit, which mm-hmm. doesn't mean much, but it means something. Adding that to the resume. I I mean, I I would, but it is my name, so. <laughs> uh, Trish, thank you so much for tolerating me. Um, and uh, yeah, check out. Uh, obviously, everything she said is going to be linked in the show notes and. Uh, you know, again, I've I've seen not everything because she's got like, I don't know, 50 acting credits or something. Uh, so I definitely haven't seen anything, everything, not oops, start over. I definitely have not seen everything that she's done. But the things I've seen, she has tremendous comedy acting ability. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on, Trish. I appreciate it. It was great chatting with you. Thanks for having me on. I'll I'll let you know when I'm in Florida. Oh, please do. <laughs> you know my dad, Jeff Macalino, is a cool dad. But he's still old and not hip. Which he shows by telling me to use the word hip. No one uses it anymore. Anyway, there's a segment where my dad has to go to Urban Dictionary to look up something that confused him on social media. What got you confused this week, Dad? All right. Today on Urban Dictionary, my almost teenage daughter, Isabella, is joining me in person to quiz me on how much her dad knows about the hip, cool slang that these groovy dudes and dudettes are using in schools nowadays. Isabella, you got a list? What you got for me? Okay, so the first... The first one on the list, I have cap slash no cap. Uh, and you're going to be able to explain these to yes, me. Yes, I wrote down the definitions, too. Cap slash no cap. Guessing it doesn't have anything to do with Captain America. No. Hmm. Is it like, 
no cap is like super cool, but cap means like you're limited? No. All right, go ahead. Tell me. I'm stumped. So basically cap means like not true and no cap means like true. So cap means true and no, no. cap. No, cap means not true. No cap means true. That sounds like kids these days are really stupid. Okay, go ahead. Move on to the next one. Okay, drip. I know drip. That just means like cool swag. Yeah. yeah. Um. So hits different. That's not a new saying. Yes, it is. Hits different. Yes. No, it's not. Yeah, it, it is. It just it it's more uh, substantial or emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, main character. Main character? Like, Shakespeare had main characters. That's not No, new. main character is like, oh my god, she's such a main character. She, like, wants to be center of attention 24-7. So it's like a self-entitled, egotistical narcissist? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I'm main character. <laughs> um, okay, snatched. Snatched? Snatched. And it doesn't just mean taken. It doesn't just mean taken. Snatched. Stolen? No. No, I guess that would be the same as <laughs> taken. Uh, snatched. Uh, I have one thing that I'm thinking of that I've heard referred to as a snatch, but I'm not going to say that now. So, go ahead. Tell me it what. It means, like, on point. Like, that outfit is so snatched. So, it's a good thing? Yes. Snatch does not sound like a good thing at all. It is a good thing. I think thing. historically it's always been a bad thing. Not anymore. All right. Get closer to the microphone and read me the next one. Okay. Um, bet. Bet? That just means like when someone says something and... Wait, you say bet if you agree with them. Right? Um, yeah. That's basically it. Yeah, so like if I say the Saints are going to win the next Super Bowl, you'd say bet. Okay, next is understood the assignment. Say it again. Understood the assignment. Understood the assignment. Yes. And this is a slang term. It's yes. literally not my it's a, teacher. It's actually a slang term. Um, understood the assignment. Um, I'm going to guess that it means... A friend keeps going on and on about a topic and what they want done, and you're saying understood the assignment to treat them like they're a teacher. No, understood the assignment is like you understood the assignment. It's like when you do something good. <laughs> so when it's you carried out what the person wanted, basically? Yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty easy. I mean, that's pretty much what that means <laughs> yeah. to normal people, not dumb teenagers. Okay, next is just okay, boomer. This one's pretty easy. Yeah, I say okay, <laughs> boomer. I'm a millennial for crying out loud. I think everyone says okay, boomer. Okay, say less. That's kind of like bet, isn't it? Um, like, yeah. I agree with like, what I you're understand. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, some of these aren't that hard. Um, okay, next is slaps. Slaps. Um... That beat slaps. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah it's a good thing. Okay, low-key. Low-key. That's been around since the 70s. It has? At least. <laughs> like someone low-key is... That that boy over there in the in the turtleneck. Low-key, he's kind of cute. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not a new saying. 
See, kids these days think they come up with everything. Okay, the last one is simp. Simp. I know it's not a good thing because I see it on Twitter. Um, it means like um, there's a lot of dudes who are simps for like anybody who's moderately attractive. Any girls who are like moderately attractive. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'd marry you. What would I have to do to smell your feet? <laughs> and people are like, yo, stop simping so hard, yo. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what it means. <laughs> All right. So I think I did pretty well. Yeah. A few you didn't understand. The first one you didn't understand at all for some reason. Yeah, I, I've already forgotten all of them because, you know, my brain's filled with useful knowledge and not hashtags and... and I didn't say hashtags at all in this. No, you're all hashtags, you kids. By the way, no social media for, for her, so I'm a good parent. And that's just, like, the stuff that you would understand, too, because you have social media and I don't, so. I expected you to get most of these right. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't know what uh, ha uh, slash J meant, because kids these days can't just use the old school JK. They need to do a slash J to show that they're joking. I learned that one. And slash Sark. I, I, yeah. Slash, slash what? Sark. Sarcasm. Oh, well, just assume everything I ever text message has that hashtag on it. Unless it's about doing your assignments. Um, Alright, Bella, well, thank you for uh, a live Urban Dictionary segment. Yeah. Alright, that's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you to Trish Renone and to Isabella. Um... I listened to her uh, intro. She recorded that when she was 11. And she's going to be 13 uh, probably by the time you're listening to this. Um, she's, she's, uh, she's, she's gotten good. Uh, she recorded the intro when she was 11. She recorded that um, <laughs> a couple days ago. Um, so thank you uh, to her for, for doing that, for her old uh, decrepit father. Um She's got good, she's good on the mic, I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> she's more natural than I am, and I've been doing this for, for quite a while. I think it's come and gone uh, again. I've ignored it. I did celebrate my 100th episode, but one thing I've never uh, remembered to celebrate is the anniversary of the show. I'm fairly certain, I'm recording this on the 24th, and it comes out the 27th. Fairly certain my first episode was February of 2021. Um so happy two year anniversary, dear listener. Um, you don't need to go back and listen to my first episode. Uh, I probably when when people tell me they want to go back uh, and listen to my podcast, I say start on episode three. Um, so you know, but you do you. Um, I I'm not in a place to turn down people listening to my episodes yet. Uh, February 19, twenty twenty one. So happy two year anniversary. I missed it again. Uh, but that's okay. Maybe I'll celebrate it, uh, in year three. Um, because I'm not stopping, not willingly, at least. Um, I've got another great episode for you and I've got great guests lined up for you. I've also got some guest appearances. I'll be popping, uh, out here. I just did an episode of a podcast that hasn't even started yet being hosted by the one and only Matthew Gray, who was on, uh, I think episode 110 so gosh it's uh, a month or i don't know 
maybe it wasn't 110. That was Rob Stinnett, I think. Um, I don't have my memori- my episodes memorized anymore, but I know he was on an episode pretty recently this year. Uh, so uh, I'll let you know when that's coming out. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I follow me on all the socials. Um, you'll get to enjoy some great content. Like, for example, uh, if you know what I do with FL teams, my sports coverage, uh, me and uh, also former guest of the podcast, uh, but my uh, hosts with me uh, on most of our live shows, Jeremiah Hensley and I did a Super Bowl prop bet show. He lost. So his punishment for losing to me was uh, he had to perform My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. He did that uh, yesterday as I'm recording it, as I'm recording this. Um, My kids were very excited to come in and watch him perform. Uh, So, you know, you can see just a a glimpse of our reaction uh, to his singing. And uh, he doesn't realize this unless he listens all the way to the outro of this episode of the podcast, and I'm banking that he's not going to, uh, that uh, his punishment was, he's done, but we're going to uh, put together a little highlight video uh, incorporating his beloved Miami Dolphins and his singing uh, that hopefully will uh, we'll, we'll catch some fire here and uh, can't wait to see his reaction to, uh, to that. Um, so, hey, follow me on all the socials. All the links are below. Follow Trish Renone uh, and uh, keep your eye out for uh, Pink is In and anything else that she is a part of. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, um, as someone who has, has no authority to say such things, if I were casting right now um, for any of the comedies that I've half written, I would be uh, certainly trying to get her uh, in the door because she is... Uh, she's she's very good at what she does um at least in everything i've seen her in so you know (laughs) uh you know go enjoy some of her stuff uh happy birthday to bella and boom it's over thanks for listening it was amazing (laughs) i i loved it be sure to come back for another great episode i'm one wing away from jeff macalino of the jeff macalino podcast how much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast you want to just straight that's my name i'll add the word podcast to it yep see you next week